Welcome to Ecoactivist Journeys. This show explores environmental topics, politics, governance, activism, well-being, creativity, and sustainability. Ecoactivist Journeys has been running on St Andrews Radio since 2017 and aims to explore ways to inspire climate action and change. My name is Leah Wyman. I'm your show host, and I'm a current fourth-year international relations and sustainable development student. I'm really looking forward to today's discussion. So, let's dive right in. Welcome to Eco Activist Journeys. My name is Leah. I'm a um, final year, final semester undergraduate student at the University of St Andrews, studying international relations and sustainable development. Wow, I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, so for this final semester, um, Ecoactivist Journeys will be running Fridays at 4 p.m. UK time on St Andrews Radio. And yeah, let's dive right in into today's topic. Um, today we're talking about the topic of mental health, well-being and sustainability. I'm joined on air by two really amazing people. Um, Emma, this year's um, Student Association Director of Wellbeing, and Eleanor, who's both on my Environment Subcommittee as the Sustainable Lifestyle Rep and also Wellbeing Subcommittee. Um, yeah, and to start off, um, would the two of you like to introduce yourself, uh, maybe give a brief outline um, why these are and why these are two, two topic areas that are important to you? Um, Emma, would you like to start? Yes, absolutely. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Um, as a, as a, as a listener of the show, I'm, this is very exciting. Um, but yeah, so I'm Emma, I'm the director of wellbeing at the St. Andrews Student Association at the Union. Um, and so my job really consists around, um, areas involving all, all aspects of health. So that's mental health, physical health, sexual health, health, also, um, representation and equality. So, um, you know, in terms of elections and democracy, and also in terms of our equal opportunity subcommittee and um, working with those groups. And yeah, but also, so my my formal job doesn't touch too much in the environmental sphere, but in my personal life, um, it's one of my biggest passions up there alongside well-being and mental health. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's exciting to, you know, find the intersections between those topics. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm really excited to to have you on here as well. And um, this is definitely a topic area that um, needs exploring and that I'm excited to talk a little bit more. And I know we had I had a show last semester on eco-anxiety. And um, yeah, that was really interesting. It was a really good discussion. I think something important to build on. So yeah, really excited for today's discussion. Um, Eleanor, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hello. Uh, sure hope everybody can hear me okay. Uh, my name is Eleanor. I'm the mental health representative on the well-being subcommittee and also the sustainable lifestyle representative on the environment subcommittee. Um, and they're, they're both topics that I've been really, really interested in my personal life in um, that I stumbled into separately, but now I've been enjoying sort of bringing those two topics together. Yes, indeed. I feel like, Eleanor, you my little link to the well-being subcommittee always like, oh, yeah. This is what we're planning. <laughs> so um, it's really cool that we get to speak together um, on this topic. Um, I think also for me personally, this um, this year highlights in so many ways, I think, how both um, sustainability, um, mental health are super, super important going forward. Um, so 
Yeah, I, I think I'd like to ask um, the two of you, how are these two areas something that in your everyday life um, link and, and maybe in your everyday, yeah, how you think about um, life or, yeah, sustainability and well-being? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so I'd say beyond the obvious that um, the well-being side is my, my job and my um, full-time work right now, um, you know, well-being is even outside of that. Well-being is something that whether or not someone thinks about it consciously every day um, is, is something that we all practice. Um, we all, I mean, I hopefully we all practice it in some way every day that whether that just be with like simple like hygiene or something like that. Um, it's, it's, it's something that we all do unconsciously. And um, I think that, yeah, sustainable practices can oftentimes play into that. Um, kind of feed into that sort of unconscious thing and you know the link between planetary well-being um, taking care of yourself and taking care of the planet are actually really quite quite similar um, actions if that makes sense in my opinion um, so yeah I think it's just more of like a in my in my life um, it's more of an unconscious thing I don't necessarily think about these things every day but they just become practice yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, and I think maybe that's partly how it is and should be that it's um, well-being is something that we should think about um, and then linking that to, um, yeah, I guess sustainability and how we're living is always, I think, a good link. Um, yeah, I think sometimes maybe we should, there are ways to make that like more conscious. And I think that's definitely something I've been like wanting to work on like more because I think linking those two practices of yeah I want to be taking care of my planet and like where I live but then also making sure like I'm taking care of myself and yeah. vice versa so one of my favorite quotes is um I don't know I think I just saw it like on tumblr or something when I was 12 or something but um the one where you have two homes your body and the planet take care of them um yeah like I just think that that totally rings true it's like this is this is really like this is what we have this is our home um both in ourselves and in this world yeah, definitely. I love that quote too. Um, yeah, Eleanor, I don't know if you want to add something on that topic as well. Yes, I do. Um, I love that Emma used the word practice, like well-being practices, um, because I think well-being is something that isn't, it's not a state of existence. It's something you have to actively work for um, and work towards. And so um, I think that's that's one of the ways in which sustainability and like personal well-being, particularly in my arena, mental health well-being, they intersect very easily there because if well-being is something you have to practice and you have to work towards and something that's a journey for you, then you're going to interact with the rest of your environment on that journey. Inevitably, it's going to happen. And so as you're practicing well-being, you're making conscious choices or maybe unconscious choices of how is this one more step to, to a better I'm going to use the word well-being too often, a better state of well-being for me. How is it going to affect the world around me? Um, and in turn, how is it going to affect the environment around me? Yes, definitely. I think that's that's a very good analysis of um, of how we should think about well-being and sustainability, definitely. Um, yeah, so I think very much this interlinks very much to what we just talked about. But like how like would you argue then that sustainability is a part of well-being um for you personally um or if it should or in general a part of well-being that you think it should be um and yeah if yes why i mean i think so i don't know about um eleanor i definitely think like i said they're 
they're very linked in taking care of both things. They're both, yeah, practices, actions um, that you that you do. And also like the the feeling of making some form of an impact, whether that's big or small, definitely makes you feel good. Um, so if we're talking like the mental health aspect, um, that feeling of of taking care of this planet, like where you live, is is definitely a big mental health boost. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably goes hand in hand with what we just talked about with taking care of, uh, yeah, your uh, body and your planet, your two homes, right? So, um, yeah, um, I agree, and also just from a, a community point of view, um, sustainability is part of well-being because if you if you live in a community and you want your community to be doing well, then you also want it to be doing well going forward, right? And so um, sustainability needs to be ingrained into your practices because well-being is something that's not just about your current state, but it's also about the future. And it's it's much more than just your personal state, right? Like if you, if you step outside yourself a little bit and you're like, I do better when my community does better, my community takes better care of me when it's doing better. And all of those things aren't possible unless they're underlaid with some sort of layer of sustainability, because you need to be working towards continually supporting those practices. Wow, loving, loving all of the analysis today. Um, Ellen, I think you, you really summed that out perfectly in terms of yeah, how, how those two interlink and how we actually need to practice and um, to consciously make sure that link, link exists. Um, and I think that exists, um, well, that's something that needs to be um, definitely addressed within, I think, activist communities or, yeah, sustainability in general, because I think you can fall very quickly into a trap of, like, there's just so much to do in the world and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to do this and this and this and this. And then you start forgetting and to take care of yourself or maybe also yeah forgetting yeah I guess for those who start thinking about okay I need to just um yeah I think it's, it's, it's really looking at how can we find that that link to make sure that uh, that connection exists between the two of them um and yeah making sure that's part of community efforts as well so I, I love really love that um I th something I wanted to ask is just like for you guys to share um, a favorite lifestyle choice, maybe something that you're doing currently or just have done in the past and that you make that is both sustainable, but also just makes you really happy. I mean, my, like the love of my life is sustainable, is sustainable fashion. Um, it's like what I am most passionate about. It's like what I want to go in um, to career wise. Um, just because when I was younger, I wanted to go into fashion design as um, as a job. Like, you know, like that was kind of my childhood dream and stuff like that. And I learned how to design my own clothes um, growing up and sew them. And then, but I've also always loved the environment. So then when I learned about the links between those two, um, it just sparked like such a massive passion in me. I really, um, it's just my favorite thing. And also just the fact that thrifting is so fun. <laughs> That's just... That's just another part, but yeah, I miss I miss the charity shops right now. Yes, indeed, it's been such a yeah. I guess it's not really a practice at the moment anymore that we can do. That's kind of sad because I know. you can't really go into shops and exchange clothes and yeah. Yeah, but it is um, giving people. I mean, from the sustainable fashion perspective, uh, a good opportunity to look at their closets and just be more creative with what they already have. Um, because even though, you know, thrifting clothes is a better option than buying new, obviously still making use of what you already own is, um, 
is is the first first priority. Um, so yeah, hopefully it's given a lot of people some some pause to do that or just dress up around the house, that kind of stuff. Yes, I think so. That that's true. I I really hope that some of this time, especially in the last year, has been also an opportunity to think about like, oh, what what really matters in my life, and like what like what do I value in terms of like clothing? What do I need? Um. So yeah, thank you for for bringing that topic on. I think that sustainable fashion is a whole another area we could probably dive in much deeper. But totally, um, huge topic. <laughs> definitely. Um. Yeah. I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts on this? Something that you've um, been doing? I'm going to add right onto the sustainable fashion bandwagon because um, I think it's a delightful topic and I have so many thoughts on it. But um, if I'm if I'm keeping it simple, um, just in addition to everything that Emma already said, I love sustainable fashion and, and reusing clothes and repurposing clothes because I think it's sort of changed the way that we consider ourselves in relation to our appearances. Um, because buying clothes or thrifting clothes or making clothes, it's it causes you to consider the material that you're using much more. And, and not material as in like the type of fabric, but like the object that you're interacting with. Your relationship with it has now changed. Um, and it's much less about like walking into a mall and picking something off of a rack. Like it's something that has been used before or has all sorts of memories attached to it or associations. Like I hate throwing stuff away or giving stuff away because I'm way too sentimental for that. But repurposing something allows me to consider the life that this object had before, but then also adopt it to a new purpose, which in turn makes me feel a lot better, like circling back to that mental health perspective. Um, and it's also sort of changed the way I think I consider my own appearance and the way I present myself to the world it has a lot more purpose behind it when the clothes that I wear are chosen with a different purpose behind them. Wow, and I really love that you both are um, passionate about um, sustainable clothing. But I mean, obviously, since Eleanor, since you're the sustainable lifestyle rep and Emma's obviously been passionate about this for a long time as well, I should have thought. <laughs> um, but no, I agree. I also really like what you say about like being sentimental about certain items and throwing things out because I think that's something that um, I think might have been like more difficult for me in the past. Is always um, there's so many things like I just like, feel like I own from a really long time ago, and then I'm like, oh, but there's certain mem memories attached to it, and I think I'm trying to go through those and then realize, okay, what do I really need? Um, can be really difficult. Something I had to learn to do just because I. Um, moved quite a bit in my life but um I, I love that idea um and that how you put it in terms of like just repurposing or just I think also just exchanging with friends and things like that that's can that can also be something um really good um on that topic I thought I'd share something that I'm currently doing <laughs> um that makes me just that is sustainable um but also makes me just really happy um and it's probably to do with food just I love um I don't know I love I guess I love food that's a good that's a good way to put it um but and I think for me it was a big step when I learned a lot about like plant-based eating and um, veganism and that's I think almost made a link for me um in terms of um yeah just just that I think brought a whole new level of my passion to um, sustainability and everything because I just realized oh my gosh there's like a way I can be eat that is kinder to the planet and also making sure I'm eating healthy and that's um yeah just that something I thought I'd share 
um, on that topic area that just makes me happy if I make myself or yeah if I just eat nice food <laughs> um, with lots of greens <laughs> I totally totally agree with that I first um, started eating plant-based like five years ago I think and I wasn't doing it I didn't know much about the environmental impact at that time I was just doing it because I love animals and like I've owned chickens my whole life you know it's like they're my pets that sort of stuff um but yeah it's like once you start learning about how you can make like this amazing food that is good for your body and your mind and then also the planet it's just so exciting um yeah yeah, I definitely been feeling that lately just having more time at home to kind of experiment with new with new things Absolutely. Like I'm vegetarian. Um, I have not crossed the line into into entirely plant based yet, but I am vegetarian. And I can admit that I originally went veggie um, sort of as a dare. Basically, my original intention was not was not like rooted in, I guess, traditional like, vegetarian pushes, but I kept with it because um, I really, really loved it. And it's changed so much about my interaction with food, like the way that I cook, because you can find all sorts of substitutions for like, you know, the American dishes that I grew up eating, because, you know, I'm from the US, but it also has meant that I expanded my palate to a lot of other foods and a lot of other recipes and styles of cooking, um, because there's, there's so many places that generate recipes that just don't even involve like a lot of the foods that are end up in an, a traditional like American diet. And so it's also led to a much more holistic understanding of like the food that's available to me from the planet, which I think is just really fun. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it's just like, I, I just thought I mentioned because it's just such a, um, it's actually, it's just a fun way to take care of yourself, really, and to explore, especially in times like these where you can't really go anywhere to eat out anymore. So just exploring a little bit with food and, and trying out new recipes. Um, I think I really got first into it um, through baking as well, because I always loved sweet things. And I, I think that was one of the biggest things I was scared about when I first went uh, vegan, because I thought, well, there's so much like, yeah, there's just... It's, it's a lot hard, I think, well, what I thought first, like make um, desserts that are vegan. Um, and I was just like, well, um, and I also did a transition. I first um, went vegetarian. Um, but then I just like started exploring more of these recipes. And that was like really fun because I figured out, oh, my gosh, that I, I can make all of these dishes. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely exciting. Um, so something to recommend, especially in these times, to just try and uh, try some new plant based recipes. Um, but yeah, um, I think caring about environment and, and being an activist can also be quite um, mentally challenging, um, especially if we look at some of the just horrific things that are happening in the world, whether that be related to, um, yeah, fast fashion, animal agriculture, the fossil fuel industry. Um, there's a lot of things going on um, pollution wise and yeah, um, from a climate change perspective as well. So. Um, I think is there something what I really wanted to talk a little bit further about is um, like, is there something that you do when you start feeling overwhelmed by the problems um, of the world? And when you start seeing these news and um, when you just feel like, wow, they just feel so big. Uh, yeah. What, what do you guys do when you encounter a situation like that? I think that's such a good question because it is such, such a real issue, honestly. Um, I think first of all, I'm a big believer 
I will for, I will always advocate for people being informed. I think everyone should be up to date on, you know, current current affairs, that sort of stuff. However, I think that it's so accessible to us right now. Like we can, we have the news app just sending us notifications on our phone and we can see all sorts of stuff on social media and all this stuff um, that like, it's it's a lot, you know, it can be really difficult to try to stay motivated when you are kind of just bombarded with bad news all the time. So I'm a big believer in just taking a break from the news, whether that be for a few hours of turning your phone off, um, whether that be for for a day. Um, but in terms of eco-anxiety specifically, because that's, um, I mean, turning off the news can be for anything. But um, with that one, I think something that helps me is I always just kind of go back to myself and the fact that it's like you can push for change other places, but the only thing and the only person I really have any exact control over is what I do. And so to, yeah, take a step back, you know, have some, some mindfulness there and to, to think about what you're doing and to think about your own practices and being like, you know what, I am doing my very best here. Um, and then just like giving yourself that space to just be like, maybe I'm not perfect, but no one is. Um, and maybe everything is quite overwhelming and, and, and scary, but just being like, I'm doing my best, I'm doing okay, that kind of stuff. That's a, definitely a useful tip. Unplugging is so um, important, I think. Like sometimes I think it can feel a bit like you want to stay on top of everything or you expect, or you feel like there is an expectation to always know what's going on everywhere. But just like even if it's for a day or for a weekend or you decide to have a, a little bit of time completely off, like I think that's not only fine, but it's actually important. So totally. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, exactly, where it's like you do want to stay – you do want to stay informed and you do want to stay in the know. But in reality, if you, the world is not going to end if you take a bit of time not looking at, at, at the news and about, you know, all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I think if anyone has ever taken like a trip completely into the wild or something where you don't have like an internet connection or where you didn't take your phone at all, it's actually quite a strange feeling when you then come back and like, I guess I'll have to, but check back in what the world's doing but it's also very restorative so absolutely and I think um one of the things I I like to look back on when I'm feeling really really overwhelmed is just the fact that the work exists the work might be slow the work might be grueling the work might feel like you're walking backwards sometimes but the work exists like humans have this this innate love of creation and promotion and like love and stuff. And now I'm starting to sound a little bit like a hippie, but that is okay. It is early for me because I haven't adjusted to the time difference yet. Um, but we, we just, we love to hold things and protect things. And like, it can be inanimate objects. It can be plants. It can be like you baked a cookie and it's really, really cute. So you don't want to eat it like things like that. We just, we love to attach to things and then love them. And I think even if sometimes it feels like the problems in the world are overwhelming, like humans just have that, that collective sensation in them that need to protect. And I think knowing that even if, if you decide to unplug and step back for a minute, that's okay. There's still plenty of the populace left who is going to keep trucking on for you until you catch back up to the group. Like that in itself should be pretty comforting. I totally, 
totally agree with that, Eleanor. And even just thinking about even, even like five or 10 years ago, but especially like 50 years ago, people who are interested in this and pushing for change in the environmental sphere, it's so, there's so much more interest in it. Um, and there's so many more people pushing, pushing towards that. So I, I totally agree. I love what you said there. Yes, definitely. I think community is a, is a good word to look at there because I think in times like that, it is important to maybe connect with other people or just be part of a group as well. Um, to realize, okay, um, I'm not the only one doing this. I'm also not the only one who's feeling upset because I think we also have to acknowledge that some of the things that are happening, like we are allowed to feel upset about them because they are upsetting and this is about our future. So it's it's normal. Um, but just then to realize that, um, ask yourself, yeah, where, 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 what can I do? Where do I stand? And going back to what Emma said um, earlier around just asking yourself, you know, I'm, I'm one human and the one person I can control is myself. So what can I do to contribute? Um, or asking yourself, okay, um, I just need to take a breath and just recenter. Um, and I think um, that's super important. Um, yeah, well, before we dive further into that and also into that topic, I guess, of, um, yeah, a little bit of eco-anxiety or just like not feeling, feeling overwhelmed by the problem. I thought we'd um, do a small music break. Um, and the song that I'm going to play is um, Everyday Life by Coldplay. Okay, so diving into our next question uh, for today, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, what would you say to someone who in their heart would really love to do more environmental things, um, more activist things, but just, just feel overwhelmed by the magnitude of the problem? I love this topic um, just because I think I'm a big believer in that everyone can can start somewhere. Um, and also, you know, most most environmentalists don't make every massive lifestyle change um, overnight. They don't become zero waste overnight. They don't go vegan. They don't do any sorts of stuff. Um, you know, they don't wake up the next day going to all the Extinction Rally and protests. It's it all starts somewhere. Um, so whether that be for just like switching out a single use plastic thing and then it makes you think about something else, um, then it, it all has like this domino effect and then and then it will start to feel a little bit easier because it can be overwhelming. There are so many, so many facets to environmentalism and um, about what it is. So, you know, just finding something, a part of it that you're passionate about and then maybe looking into that, doing some research there and then it will link into something else um like for example i mean like i was talking about um sustainable fashion and um all that sort of stuff and like through that i've learned so much about um soil health and um waterways and you know ocean um ocean health and that sort of stuff that i probably wouldn't have i mean i might have learned about it but it kind of linked me there easier and I, so I think, yeah, just just find something you're passionate about, stick with that, and then let it grow from there. Don't try to jump in all at once because it's it's a lot. Yes, definitely. And I think it's also one of those um, things that it's not always that easy to think about, like, what is really the most sustainable thing um, compared to another? Even if you're just going shopping or grocery shopping, you start, like, there are a million questions around, like, where is it coming from? How far did it travel? And things like that. And it can feel a little bit like, oh, like, what's actually the right choice? Um, but just starting small, I think, is, is a good 
advice. Yeah, I agree. And and even if if you jump in and you find it overwhelming or you find that some details of it are not for you, like activism is a huge community and it's a very, very like multifaceted community. You know, some people protesting is their thing. Some people it's definitely not for some people it's volunteering or, um, you know, writing pieces or sharing information for others it's keeping it small it's just talking to their neighbors their friends their close community for some people it's talking to anyone and everyone like there's no wrong way to be involved and if you try something and you're like oh oh this was not for me like that's okay that doesn't mean that you're you know not a good activist or it doesn't mean that you're not the right amount of passionate about whatever it is you've decided to pursue it it just means that Maybe that's not the best way for you to be involved. And there's something that will be better for your cause, but also will be better for you. I totally agree with that. And I think um, it's it's definitely getting dispelled. But um, a few years ago, especially in like the veganism realm, I felt um, it was very much like, well, if you're not 100% this, um, then it's not valid. Like you need to, you need to be eating fully plant-based. You need to be doing all this stuff. Um, when really it's like, not everyone can, whether it be for health reasons, whether it be because you live in a food desert, because you can't afford it, you don't have access to um, the proper foods that you need to eat vegan. Um, it's not accessible, all sorts of stuff. Like there's a, there's a million reasons. Um, so, you know, just the narrative of like, oh, if you can't do this perfectly, then you shouldn't be doing it. It's like, no, do something halfway. That's, that's better. Or just do something to the extent that you're comfortable with it. Um, like Ellie, how you were saying, you were like, oh, I'm, vegetarian but it's like yeah it's like that's still making a huge impact and even if you if you want to go vegan then like go for it but then if you don't it's like you're still doing your part there you know it's like not everything has to be done to 100 percent. yeah absolutely like the whole realm of climate activism has gotten a lot more intersectional lately i feel like um all of which, you know, none of the credit goes to goes to white activists there. Like yep. that is that is thanks to the hard work of of activists who are people of color. Um, but it's also it meant that there's a lot more like like wiggle room, you know, not everything is so black and white in activism. And sometimes it's pretty easy to forget that, but it's it's just nice to see the whole field has become much more understanding of like there are reasons that people can or can't act a certain way or should or shouldn't act a certain way. Um, and it doesn't mean that they're that they're not devoted to the cause. Totally. Yes, I I one hundred percent agree with everything both of you said. Um, I think um, there's just so many ways to be an environmentalist or even to be an activist. I think sometimes people think activist means like you a person who goes out onto the street and you protest, and that might be so. But I think activist can very well just be someone who's super passionate about it in an environmental topic for example and speaks to it with their friends and their relatives or does something in their own life that it makes a difference or that is different but that draws attention to the issue um, so I think there's there's definitely so so many ways and I think it's so important to recognize that diversity within uh, yeah within humanity really in terms of like that we're all in different um stages and shapes and yeah we're just we're all different um and we all have a diff slightly different life story 
Um, so it's just important to to realize that nuance and to be to realize that we need a lot of people doing things not 100% like perfect, but just really a lot of people doing trying their best or doing it half imperfect. And that will get us a long way rather than people saying that you have to do everything. And um, I think it's definitely what I felt. Um, there's definitely less um, stigma or less, I think, hate in that area of people being like, you have to 100% do a certain thing a right way. Um, in environmentalism and there's a lot more I think acceptance and just understanding of that it's just different for everyone and we still live in a very imperfect world that is reliant on fossil fuels and that just makes it sometimes rather difficult to be sustainable and I, yeah that's all part of the struggle so um yes um also I I thought um because this is something that for me made a massive difference in my journey was that um just realizing what I can do myself um and I think um through environmentalism like looking at these big top topics and problems I've always like it just can feel like really big to go against this system and I think nowadays with so many with the climate movement is I think there's a lot more push and maybe it's also a lot easier than it was um yeah maybe six or 10 years ago um to to be an activist and to really um, publicly speak about it or go to protests and things like that just because it's so much become so much more accessible um but at the same time i think there's something really for me personally that was very empowering when i started realizing there are things i can do in my own life that actually do make a difference and that without even pushing or push like forcing it on to other people inspire other people just through they seeing them seeing you doing things more sustainable or differently and then you talking to them about it so yeah <laughs> I wanted to ask in, in that very long-worded explanation for the next question I wanted to ask um would you say that sustainability has also brought some form of empowerment into your life I think 100% it has um in in really so many so many ways yeah I mean like some stuff we've talked about, like the way I eat, you know, just knowing that I am, you know, not only taking care of myself and my body, but doing less harm to planet, doing less harm to animals through through my own diet. Um, a big thing of that has just been um, w within sustainable fashion, the feminist aspect to it. Um, I think it's, and I'm not going to be able to tell you where I got this stat because I can't remember, but I think it was 80% of the world's garment workers. Um, are women and so you know supporting supporting sustainable fashion um not only sustainable brands but thrifted clothes cherishing what i already own really taking care of that stuff upcycling feels like supporting those women and supporting female empowerment in general um which of course then makes me as a woman feel feel better to be a part of this kind of global community like that yeah, really well said. I'm glad you brought up the feminism side of it, because um, I was wanted to be sure something was said around that. Um, and you said it much better than I would have. And I also think um, in terms of empowerment, so I'm at the age where I I didn't necessarily grow up on the internet, um, but towards towards early high school and a little bit the end of middle school, so like 13, 14 and up, I spent plenty of time on the internet being exposed to a lot of people with a lot of ideas. Um, and those ideas 
are sort of sort, sort of pose as though they're a competition, right? Um, of like, at the end of the day, one person is going to be right, and you should agree with the person who got the most retweets or the most likes or whatever it may be. Um, and I think part of of growing up like that, and also just part of becoming more educated and and you know gaining a little bit of my own agency means that I have felt much more empowered in my ability to disagree with things and to challenge ideas, um, which in turn has meant that I'm much better at challenging myself and much better at challenging my own assumptions, which I think is an important part of empowerment, especially um, especially in activism, is you need to be able to challenge others, but you really need to be able to challenge yourself. Um, and if you do, you're just gonna be so much more well-rounded, which I think is really empowering. Wow, both of you just said some really, really great stuff. Very quotable. <laughs> but um, yeah, I agree. And I think there's there's so much with with learning actually to challenge yourself and to be like, realize, oh, maybe I haven't got it all right. Maybe I haven't got all the answers. Um, and it and that's okay. It, it's just about learning to 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 realize, okay, we well, don't you don't always have to be right either. Like there's constantly new things coming out, new statistics that maybe previously in your life you didn't know. And then now you do. And like, then like, that's such a thing to like, it's actually such an empowering act in yourself to realize, okay, I'm, I'm doing something differently. Um, I'm realizing this is something in my life I haven't really figured out yet. Or maybe that wasn't, yeah, right, necessarily, or just not how I want to live or doesn't align with my values. But I want to change that. And I think taking that step, I think that's just like, so inspiring, um, and so empowering for yourself, because yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm also glad we got to sneak in a little bit of feminism. That's always good. Um, something on to, to bring it a little bit back to um, well-being. I was wanting um, to ask, like, um, how, how can we balance this, this notion of taking care of ourselves, but also taking care of um, the planet? I think that goes a little bit back to what we spoke about earlier with regards to like eco-anxiety. Um, but yeah, maybe I thought you guys could share some tips or tricks or something that you do or any thoughts on the topic. I think for me, um, and I think Eleanor did just um, touch on this a little bit, but yeah, it's yeah, giving yourself yeah, space to make the mistakes and to not be perfect and um, to be a completely imperfect human in the sustainability sphere because sphere, wow, I can't speak today, I'm sorry. Um, because we, we all, we all are, um, we're all going to get things wrong. We're all going to have to do things that maybe aren't the most sustainable, but are the best things for us, whatever that may be. Um, so just kind of balancing that and to understand that, um, you can do your best as an activist, as an environmentalist, um, and, and do, and do your very best for the world, but also you, um, you have to come first, you know, um, it's just at the end of the day, yeah, you are, you're your first priority and that has to, that has to stay that way. Absolutely. I, I agree. Definitely. You come first. Um, because I think if you're the kind of person who's trying to make a choice between doing what's best for yourself and doing what's best for the planet, you're already the kind of person who's making a lot of choices that are for the betterment of the environment. Like you've, you're, you're putting in the work, you're paying your dues. Um, and it's, it's important to, to take time for yourself and to, 
do things that reward yourself. Like, I think the word selfish has a lot of negative connotations um, for good reason. But I think being selfish is really important sometimes because it doesn't mean that you're a worse person or a worse activist or anything like that. Like you come first because you've been doing your part. And then and after that, you figure out what's best for you and the planet, like in conjunction. I love, love, love that. Um, especially what you said about the, the, the selfishness, because it's completely true. You know, it's like all that sort of stuff. I remember um, there was a conversation that I witnessed like a year ago or something like that um back when we could still see other people and you know overhear conversations um and it was with someone who I knew who was um very big into the environment but they were talking about um the fact that they had to start this new medication and that they were so annoyed that it came in plastic packaging and that they would have to um you know use that and it's like you know at like yeah it's it would be great if there could be a different kind of packaging but if you need a medication if you need to do something like that it's exactly what you said Eleanor if you're thinking about that you're probably doing a lot of other things so it's like you just need to take that stress off of yourself you need to take that weight off of yourself and then you're going to be able to move more freely through the realm of sustainability um and just because because when you take better care of yourself you're going to be a better activist um so it does it does all play into each other absolutely i love that thought as well of um yeah how i always try to think about this is like you can't really give from an empty cup so you need to make sure that you have something to give from and that includes just making sure that you nourish yourself and you take care of yourself and you're doing the things that you love and i think um Sometimes, like, I mean, speaking from experience as an actor, that can be difficult because especially if sustainability or activism is something that really brings you joy because you love working with the people and with the community and doing things is just, it's great. And I think there is a lot of empowerment in sustainability. Um, but then realizing also, like, it's not about, um, about doing everything or doing everything right. Um, and it is about sometimes having to be um, selfish and just, yeah, take some time off, really. Um, and that's okay. So I think, yeah, that's definitely um, some really, really good um, advice there. Um, I, I know we're sort of approaching towards the end. So if anyone has any specific burning questions, do actually, I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the show, do post that in the buzz box. But one of the questions that I just, um, one of the last few that I wanted to ask and put out there was um, if you could share just a little bit of like habit for happiness with us. So something that you always do that, when you're not feeling great or you're feeling down um, and that makes you feel better? I mean, I am a, a big believer in just having like a dance party. Um, I'm really glad that no one lives below me because I think that I would definitely annoy them. But um, just like putting on a really good playlist, just dancing it out for a bit, that always just puts a smile on my face and just gives me a bit more energy, um, that kind of stuff. Or on like the complete opposite end, just yeah, turning notifications off um, and watching some kind of like kind of silly Netflix comedy and just like not that doesn't require brain power and just like letting yourself completely check out. Um, like I said, those are two kind of very opposite ends of the spectrum, but um, those are definitely some yeah moments for chilling out, moments for happiness. 
That's definitely great. I think those are two good ones because you always you're in a different state of mind when you need either of those. So totally, yeah. It's like different, <laughs> different, different situations call for different things. Sometimes you need to dance it out. Sometimes you just need to be like, I'm not moving. I'm not gonna do anything. Yes. I like those. That's pretty similar to what I was going to suggest. I was going to say you should, you should do one of two things. You should either do something you're really good at or do something you're really bad at. And for me, something I'm really bad at is dancing. So I like to put on like the most dramatic, like classical music, violins and piano at full force and just like really just ham it out. It looks awful, but no one's watching it. It's for me. So who cares? Or something I'm really good at would probably be like reading a childhood book because you get that that nostalgia that sense of like oh remember when I could read a book in a day like the good old days now I feel like I'm illiterate um you know it's like it's getting in touch with something that's familiar that's associated with positive memories but also is something that that just makes you feel like you're totally in control of what's happening I love those like I wish we could see each other because then you'd see like I have this massive smile on my face just listening to your yeah, guys yeah. like suggestions. I was gonna say I'm glad that I was muted because when you I, I just like the thought of you putting on some like super dramatic like you know that kind of music and then just like going for it I absolutely love that I have oh, yeah. There's like a genre of of playlists on YouTube that all have really really specific names. Things like like um, you're waltzing with your arch enemy in an abandoned castle and it's raining and thundering. Like that's that's the niche I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna need to just send that to me after because that's <laughs> something I need in my life first of all. That sounds fantastic, um, and I think definitely the the tip of um having dance parties just going for it and uh, letting it all out I think is is a good mechanism as well sometimes um something I wanted to mention I'll mention too as well um is that I sometimes forget especially if the weather's really bad is to just go outside because like it's like such a like good feeling to like get out of the house and like it feels like sometimes I can feel like your problems just like wash away with the wind <laughs> and just breathe in fresh air like if there's sunshine look like just enjoy the warmth on your skin and it's just like that's something that just makes me feel like almost immediately better even if it's not a nice day and if it's just like it's just like there's something about like being in fresh air and being out in nature and seeing um yeah nature around you that's really um beautiful and then I guess a more relaxing one um, would probably go alongside of just like um yeah reading a book or something just even if it's a really simple book that you read as a child that's super simple I think yeah that that's also a really good one or music or listening to music so definitely a lot of tips and things that you could do um and I'm, I'm glad we talked about that because that, that's always a good inspiration on a Friday afternoon just before the weekend <laughs> um Finally, I thought before we end, I would like to ask um, you if you have any messages that you'd like to, any final message you'd like to leave with the listeners, um, and also if you'd like to share anything about what Wellbeing Subcommittee um, is doing or any resources in general for students who might be feeling overwhelmed in this time. Um, I will let Eleanor talk about her work that she has coming up. She's got exciting things. Um, but in terms of just resources for students who are feeling overwhelmed, um, student services is still um, 
active and able to have appointments, whether that be with um, the counseling team, the disability team, the money advice team, international advice, that sort of stuff. They're kind of a jack of all trades. Um, Nightline, um, I think on everyone's matriculation card, Nightline information will be on the back of it. So you can get all that stuff there. They're really great anonymous listening service. Um, Peer support is doing um, chats almost every day in the Can Do Teams channel, um, as well as their general service is still running. So to self-refer yourself, you can email peer support at, um, you all know the rest if you're listening to this and you're a St. Andrews student. Um, and yeah, so that's just a couple of couple of things. I'd say, you know, just try your best to stay connected to people, whether that be with um, Zoom calls or just even just texting a friend, just checking in with things. Um, but yeah, on the note of eco-anxiety, just I think a general theme, my kind of thing with it is just keep doing your best. Um, and my little send off. So Wellbeing Week will be coming up in week eight. It's going to be hopefully a great time. Lots of different events sort of in the works. And it's it's going to include both fun, like meeting people and relaxing events, but also intellectual, debatable, conversational events all about like all different aspects of well-being and the nuance of well-being. So keep an eye on Facebook because it's about to get busy. Um, and just just sort of a little, hopefully a hopeful send off is just be so forgiving to yourself. Be so kind to yourself. You are a little plant in the soil of the earth, but you are also your own gardener. Be kind, you have earned it. That is the perfect message to end on. Thank you so much, um, Eleanor and Emma, for joining me today. It's been a really great conversation. I hope, listeners, you've enjoyed it as well. Um, and yeah, be kind to yourself. Thank you for tuning into Eco Activist Journeys. This is a recording from my radio show on St Andrews Radio, which I've been running since September 2017. I really hope you enjoyed today's discussion. And if you did, please follow the Eco Activist Journeys podcast. Wherever you are in the world, I hope you're doing well and that this episode has been inspiring for you. Thank you for joining the journey. Take care. Love, Leah.